Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am doing very well tonight. How are you? I'm good. My cocktail of choice is a cinnamon hot tea. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not any better. My cocktail of choice is coconut water, which <laughs> I heard recently, so like one person somewhere said that they swore by coconut water to help their like milk production. And since then I've just been chugging coconut. I'm that person. I'm like, Oh, I heard this one thing somewhere at one point helped <laughs> with whatever breastfeeding or raising kids or pregnancy or whatever. And then I like, am obsessed with it. You're like, I'll try anything. Just give uh-huh. it to me. Bring it on. I Bring on the boob juice. Yeah, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. How is how is the baby doing? Really great. I mean, he's growing like a weed and, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm starting now to think about like what my life is going to be like when I go back to work in a few weeks and I'm like yeah. terrified. It is so scary because being with him and breastfeeding and figuring out all the things feels like a full-time job. So I'm You know, and I'm lucky that I work from home, so I'll be able to figure it out. But he's not going to go to daycare until he's like maybe like seven or eight months old. Yeah. So it's, I just had this realization of like all day, every day, I'm trying to figure out how to raise a tiny human. And then in another five weeks, it's going to be that all day uh, plus Zoom meetings. Holy shit. (laughs) There you go. Well, you'll figure it out. You're smart. You got it all figured Everyone out. Everyone does, right? Everyone does. You did it. Yeah, well, not like you have to. I mean, you know, I was right, I was exactly. the dad and and my ex stayed home with the girl. So, uh, you know, at least in those days. So I, you know, I didn't have to figure much out other than, you know, get up in the morning, feed them, watch them sports center, put them, put them in the little swing, get them back to sleep it. and, and get to work. You know? Well, that's what I mean, though. Everybody figures out their own routine. Uh, we'll figure it out. It's just it's daunting right now. And I'm like, if if we could just slow motion the next five weeks, that would be great. You should want to slow motion the next couple of decades because my baby girl turns 18 in two days and I feel really oh, old. My God. I know. To have <gasps> two, two over the age 18 officially makes me an old man, but... I'm excited. She's she's a good kid and she's excited for her 18th birthday. And you Are you going to do anything crazy or special? Like what do you how are you going to how do you even celebrate birthdays in the in the post-COVID era? <laughs> oh, the same way we always have. You know, I uh I go over to the ex's house and we have cake and dinner and I hang out with family and and celebrate with them. So we'll do a birthday dinner and you know, she gets all the things that she wants food-wise and I've done the same thing with them every year, although I actually bought gifts this year because she gave me a gift list. But for the last five or six years, I've just given them cash because that's what they want. Like they, yeah. you know, they literally say, just give me money. I'll go buy what I want. And they're so happy with that. This year, she actually requested a couple of gifts. So I went and bought them and I'll still give her some cash. <laughs> but uh, what's on the list? What's up? What's on an 18 year old's gift list? Like what's cool these days? Uh, I don't know. There's nothing cool on her list. She's a nerd. Nothing. Cool. Oh, okay. She's a sweetheart. Uh, it was a Land's End coat. It gets cold in Cleveland. Oh, I don't know if you know that. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's, well, I mean, you know, she's also like, she's really into fashion. So it's a cool little, you know, cool little coat. And then this sun lamp thing that, you know, I guess is supposed to you shine it on your face in the mornings and it, you know, helps your rhythm. I don't know. It's, it was too much for, for me. like seasonal, whatever. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, it's Cleveland. So like the clouds come out here in like a month and they don't go away till April. So yeah. no, uh, I, I would love one of those. Are you kidding me? That's a great gift. Yeah. So, uh, 
Hint, hint, wink, wink. Someone send a DM to my husband because he doesn't listen to this show. I'll send it to him. I'll make sure he knows. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, Yeah, so it's good. But I guess my point to all that is it's just like I've been very reflective the last couple of weeks that, you know, I've got one that's 20 or turning 20 in November and the other one that's turning 18 in a couple of days. And it just feels like it's gone by so incredibly fast, you know. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, every day is a joy and we still do lots of fun stuff. So That's awesome. So you're going to be so impressed. I'm so prepared tonight. Tell me. I am so, so I was thinking it was like because I've I've been doing so much of this on my own lately and then doing the other stuff with Ben where I do all the prep. Like Ben just shows up and I just tell him what we're talking about, you know. Which for everyone listening, that's usually the other way around on this show. Nikki tells me what we're talking about and she does all the legwork. And so I've been kind of forced into this and I'm getting good at it, man. I'm getting real good. So I'm so glad for the last seven weeks I've been useless. <laughs> this is great. Tell me what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, so I got a few things. So first thing I want to do is I want to give a shout out to someone. So uh, a buddy of mine, this is like such a small world in CrossFit. This uh, buddy of mine, it's actually not a buddy, it's a guy who he's the CEO of the company that hosts this podcast, by the way. He goes, oh. hey, he's like, hey, my brother-in-law is on, or my brother is on a board of directors of Steve's Club and they have this thing going on. Would you mind helping them? I'm like, well, I know what Steve's Club is. I'm like, of course. Yeah. And, and I know your brother. So sure. So they, I, I ran a call with them this morning. And so here's the deal. So Steve's Club, which I know you're familiar with, but our listeners may not, is um, they're a, a group that helps underprivileged kids, basically, uh, and in underserved communities. And they've recently had gone through a name change. So they, they've changed the name from Steve's Club to Forging Youth Resilience. And so basically what it is, is they're on this mission to empower young people to build physical and mental strength, and they give them access to a network of community-based fitness programs and mentor programs, which I think is just really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're raising money in October. So they're doing this workout fundraiser. They call it uh, Ignite. And it was developed by the youth athletes, which I think is really cool. And they do that to you know teach them empowerment, which I think also is amazing. Like this one who has kids, that's a really important lesson to learn early. And, and so anybody can join, whether you do it from a gym or at home, you don't need a lot of equipment for it. And you're helping raise funds for this. And they're trying to raise $90,000, which is, uh, you know, obviously a, a really cool goal and uh, can really help them. So you can go to their website which is for forgingyouthresilience.org. Uh, they have an Instagram, Facebook page, both Forging Youth Resilience or in a Twitter handle, which is Forging Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really, really a great program. Like they do so many great things for kids. I just, I can't say enough, enough about them, but mm-hmm. everything you donate, 100% of the proceeds will go directly to helping these youth athletes across the country. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do the workout. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what it is. They told me this afternoon. It was a lot. It's like a chipper. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it sounds terrible. I'll do it, you know, and, uh, but it should be fun. So go I to, love it. Yeah. Forging youth resilience.org, which is, I love it. I think it's worth mentioning too, that Steve's club um, is like an OG in the CrossFit space, like way yep. before anyone knew what, you know, before the Reebok and CrossFit partnership, when we were all still wearing our very first Innovates, when we were wearing the Vibram Five Finger sneakers, Steve's Paleo was the only like company making anything with the word Paleo in it. And they would make these like, um, 
it's it like caveman trail mix. I like to call it. So it was like, right. like kind of like beef jerky with some nuts, with some dehydrated fruit in like a vacuum sealed bag that you needed like the jaws of life to break into. And you could only order them online. Like they weren't in the grocery stores. Like no one was talking about paleo except for CrossFitters and you like couldn't get products or, or swag or anything anywhere. Um, and since Steve's paleo had started that way, way, way back in the day, he had been, giving back via Steve's club. So it's cool that they've kind of like evolved like a new name, a new mission, or I would say same mission, but updated uh, tactics. This is a really cool challenge. So apparently I did not do my research very well because I didn't connect those two together. And that's really amazing because I remember Steve's paleo being also being an OG and, and did paleo for a while. So I remember them vividly. So I didn't realize they were together. So that's awesome. Yeah. It makes me yeah. even happier. So I love it. Cool. Um, second thing that's kind of cool. So you'll like this story. So I don't know if you remember, um, I partnered with a company called Transcend Defy Limits, which is an apparel company. We made some socks. Remember the socks? Yeah, I literally just wore them the other day because they, <laughs> um, you made some ankle socks or some like, like, uh, oh my God, crew socks. Yep. But they also sent me some running socks that I really loved. So, yep. sorry. So I did, I, um, I made some scale and bell socks. And then I also did this partnership with them on the socks called Her Name, which uh, were pink and they were designed to raise money for charity. And so when they reached out, they go, Hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, absolutely. But I won't take a cent to do it. Anything that's raised, we're going to donate to a cancer charity. And I didn't think another thing of it. Like literally I've not thought of it since. And they messaged me a couple of days ago. They go, Hey, we need an address to send your portion to you. Now keep in mind, there's like a low profit margin on these socks. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, how much, you know, what's my portion to donate? And they're like, we got to check for a thousand dollars for you. And so we're going to donate a thousand dollars to battle cancer. Yes. So I'm really excited to, uh, to help our boy over there, Scott, who does amazing work uh, within the CrossFit space, helping people that are battling cancer and, and, you know, fighting through that. And, you know, I was, as soon as they told me we had the money, I'm like, we haven't given money to, to Scott yet. So it's coming to him. I love it. Battle cancer is like just, just one of my absolute favorite charities in the space, but also in general, because they're really doing work that you don't think of. Like I know people donate to cancer research and they donate to, you know, start trying to, to find a cure. And that is so important, but the people who are affected by cancer every single day are going through this monumental, difficult life experience and to be able to gift them with the gift of fitness to help them get back to their everyday lives so they can actually live because when they when they get diagnosed and even if they go into remission you know god willing they sort of leave treatment and they're like a shell of a human and people just expect them to be able to pop right back into their lives and they can't, it's just impossible. So being able to kind of like regain their lives through fitness is like, Oh God, this is a mission that I just, everyone's been touched by cancer. And so I just identify with it so much. Well, I'm just really excited to be able to help their cause even a little, I think it'll be great. And, and for the record, transcend defy limits is also donating money to a separate charity. Cool. So they're doing an equal amount. I don't know the charity offhand. We've been swapping DMs and I haven't gotten all the info, but they'll do a post on it this week. And you guys can check out their stuff at transcendifylimits.com. You can see the 
socks we're talking about that are out there. They're also sending me the remaining scale and bell socks. So we're going to give some of those away. <gasps> yes. OMG. So. That should be a plug for go over and listen to John's other podcast, <laughs> scale and bail, um, which is my new favorite podcast. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. You would think like you and I talk so often that like, I wouldn't listen to you on another podcast, but I do. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of podcasts uh, lately and I don't do that often, but I was on a trip this week and I was in the car for, you know, three hours, one way, three hours back. And so it was like podcast after podcast. And I listen to ours because I occasionally will do that just to do get you? ideas. Yeah. Sometimes just to get do. ideas. Well, I like to go back and go, all right, did that suck? Did it? Like, I can't remember, you know, was it good? And, you know, it gives me ideas for things we should talk about. And, yeah. uh, and then I listened to some others. I listened to the the new CrossFit Games podcast that I didn't know existed. Did you even know this right. was out there? No. When you <laughs> sent me that link, I was like, hey, what? I had no clue. Like, there was a, Cross, a CrossFit podcast a million years ago, or there was like the CrossFit yeah. Journal radio. Yep. And then CrossFit, I feel like they tried to do a podcast like a couple years back, and there was like one episode uploaded onto Apple forever, and then it just like disappeared. So then when you sent me that link, I was like, okay. And I looked and there's like four or five episodes up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this one was a big one. It was uh, Chase Ingram, who's a friend, mm -hmm. did an interview with Ricky Garrard. Did you listen to it? Have you listened to it at all? Uh-uh. What was it like? Um, I have a lot of takeaways. So I'll start, I'll start with something really unusual. I'm going to apologize to the guy. Like after listening to it, I felt really bad. It never occurred to me that when this went down, Ricky was 22. Like that's young. Like my daughter's 20. She's mm -hmm. a baby <laughs> in my mind. I know that makes her an adult, but, and she has to own her own choices and I'm not defending her, you know, any of his choices, any of that went down. I just, I'm just speaking for myself that like, I look back on, you know, all the hate he's gotten over the last four years and any of the, anything I contributed to that through memes was inappropriate, just mm. my opinion. And so I just, I feel bad. So I know he doesn't listen to the show. But if any of you Australians hear it and you want to tell him I said this, feel free to play in the clip. Ricky, I'm sorry if I contributed to any of the hate. Wasn't uh, It was below the bar. So is your you know? perspective now like, you know, all the same things we've been saying, which is he never should have done that and he should have owned up to his mistake, et cetera, et cetera. However, he was a dumb kid. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. I'm not excusing any, I'm just only speaking for myself here. Like I, all what I'm saying is he was a kid who made a really bad mistake at a young age. And while everybody was piling on, I piled on with them. Understood. And I shouldn't have done that. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown ass man. I should not have done that. Um, well, one of my favorite things about you, John, is you're real as hell and you own all of your actions. So I appreciate you when you memeify people and I appreciate you <laughs> when you take it back. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, if, as looking back, I was trying to look back, you know, I don't keep notes on all this stuff to see what I actually did. Um, you know, I, to be honest, I don't like doing memes about performance enhancing drugs. Cause to me, they're not funny. Like it's just, right. it's, it's not that, you know, and again, it's not, that's not a judgment. It's just not a lot funny about, performance enhancing drugs. And I think when I went in on it was when his brother got busted. And to me, that was the funny part. It's like, okay, your brother got busted for the same thing, bro. Like, all right. Yeah. It's a little bit allowed. Yeah. There there's some, a, there's a hold my beer meme in there. Somewhere. Yeah. There's yeah. absolutely like, I, you know, I can look at it and go, all right. I, you know, I can see why I did it, but you know, I, I also wasn't taking into account like 
the vitriol that this community, this was before even I have had experienced some of it. I'm not making, again, not making excuses. Like I should know better, you know, but you know, looking back on it now, I'm like, man, this guy was a young dude, 23 years old, 22, you know, makes a really bad mistake on a huge public uh, stage, you know, and, and, you know, and compounded it by line and everyone knew he'd been busted, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's gotta be rough, you know, and I'm just yeah. like imagining my kid, you know, making a critical error like that. Cause they're young and they absolutely will. And I've done plenty of dumb shit in my life, you know? Um, yeah, I just feel bad. That's all. Yeah. Um, As a human on the other end of that. And I'm, it's, I'm glad you recognize that. That's pretty cool of you. I did have some interesting takeaways from it, though. There were some moments that were really interesting. Like he owned up to everything, which I thought. Um, and well, I don't know if I have a lot of thoughts on that, other than you know, good for you. Like get that yeah, off your chest. I'm sure you feel better. You know, there's there's certainly, um, you know, I think you hear about this a lot. Of people that that struggle with alcohol addiction is that you know when you start making amends with people, you know, you can really come to grips with it and move forward. And I think that's you know a great first step to getting back yeah. into the community. Um, I was really interested in some of the discussion he had, like he said in the podcast that he, um, he, he was told that the drugs he was, or the supplement he was taking was probably illegal. He'd gotten a text and he kept taking it. And then he went to regionals and qualified and got tested at regionals and passed. Hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, <laughs> Like who at CrossFit at the CrossFit Games group approved this interview? Like you, you just had someone on your podcast that said your testing sucks. You know, it's like, and you're interviewing them. It's just like I realized or, that you know there are ways to cheat the test, but from his description, yeah. he wasn't even trying to cheat it. Like he was. Rolling that was my the question. Dice. I was gonna. I was about to ask. Like, did he cycle off of it? I think he may have for regionals. I think he may have unintentionally cycled off. It doesn't sound like it was. He was like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like he says that he's like, look, as a young kid, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I'm just taking the stuff and, you know, um, you know, so it sounds like he may have unintentionally. And, and the other thing that was weird is when he got tested at the games, uh, and this part was a little funny to me because I remember hearing Frazier talk ab- about getting tested and I know what, you know, I've seen athletes get tested or you know, oh, yeah, me too. around when that happens, he goes, you know, they follow him to the bathroom, but they don't watch him pee in the cup. And that's unusual for a drug test. So again, it's like you got somebody on your podcast admitting that your testing's flawed. Now he got busted, so it's not mm-hmm. that flawed, but it's it's weird. And then the biggest thing to me was that he's only been tested once in the last four years. And it was just a few months ago. Well, so that that actually that last part doesn't surprise me because to me it sounds and i i actually have no idea what it's like when you're banned like i don't know what your relationship is with the organization that bans you for that period of time but in my mind it feels like if they're like your band will see you in four years it makes total sense that they wouldn't there's like a there's like a brick wall in between this guy and this organization now, like they, he, he's dead to them for four years. Like it well, doesn't surprise me that he would, because technically in that four years, you can do whatever the hell he wants. He just can't compete in CrossFit. Well, that's not completely true. In those, those four years, he has to tell them where he is just like he's a competitive athlete. So he has to enroll with them, tell them when he's moving, where he's going, you know, the same, just like every other athlete does. So they could randomly test you at any time. It just seems weird if- to me that they didn't test him, but it doesn't seem weird to me because if I'm them, I'm not wasting my money or resources testing someone who's not going to be able to compete 
until he is able to compete, in which case, yeah, a couple months ago, leading up to when he's going to, he's going to be in Dubai in December um, competing in a sanctioned event. So. Yeah. I was that, just thinking of it through the lens of like, you know, Frazier said on a podcast, how infrequently they were tested. It's just, you know, I, what's and this, again, this is just commentary. And I, it's not anything I'm upset about. I'm just like trying to wrap my mind around it. Like this, we're talking yeah. about, this is a health company, not the NFL, you know? And so you would think putting a premium on, on proving the people that are competing have a natural lifestyle would actually be more intense than less intense. But I know there's a cost to that too. And it's hard to track these guys down. And to your point, he wasn't actively competing. It's just, just feels weird to me that it is so infrequent, but you know, they also indicated that it seems like they've kind of kicked up the, you know, the program's harder now than it was before. So that's mm. a good indication that maybe they're wrapping their arms around this too. I don't know. Yeah. And I like that all of this is happening on their podcast so that they're, you know, we're all kind of like going through the motions of learning what, happened and how to grow from it together. Yeah, I'll give him credit for that. I mean, I, you know, I know Chase and I made fun of him a little bit. I, I messaged him and I'm like, hey, good job on the interview. And he's like, oh, thanks. I was so nervous. I just didn't want to F it up. And I'm like, oh, no, you F'd it up. I just wanted to say oh. good job. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did great. Um, it was interesting to me, like having... It, it, it's kind of the same way I've always felt about official CrossFit media. Like you're covering your own sport. It's hard to be critical. And I thought they did a good job of actually asking the hard questions. You know, I just, I still would like to see him on a neutral site and yeah. by neutral, I mean, truly, truly neutral. Someone that has no connection to CrossFit, like a, you know, a CBS or, you know, a, you know, some sort of, you know, news source, but but I did think they, you know, Chase asked the hard questions. He asked a lot of follow-up questions. He asked really specific questions about, you know, his accusations against Frazier and what he apologized to Vellner and, you know, a lot of that stuff. So, you know, kudos to him for asking the hard questions and, you know, hats off to CrossFit for allowing it to happen. You know, this sounds like a juicy interview. I'm going to have to go listen. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, I guess it's juicy in the fact that you get a lot of detail it's it's not juicy in the fact that it's just not very conversational. And, you know, and I don't know if that's just, you know, if Ricky's not a conversational person, it was probably because he seemed incredibly nervous, as you would imagine. Yeah, of course. And so he got, he gave a lot of really short answers, which as an interviewer, you and I would be able to tell you is really, really hard to interview someone <laughs> who's giving short answers. The worst. So it's the hard. worst. Yeah. And the audio is a little weird. Like he's wearing, you know, kind of beats headphones, you know, which are the worst to record through. And uh, so, yeah, I'm and I'm sure there's a maybe even a little bit of a lag because, you know, he's in Australia and Chase is wherever Chase is. Um, Dallas. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure it was tough, you know, yeah. but um, but you get a lot of detail. So it is juicy cool. in, the, in the detail. Um, the only other thing I came away with that I hope changes is, you know, he, he indicated he didn't really have any intent to talk to Pat or apologize. And I still think, you know, again, it's probably, I don't even know if it's my place to say, but I love Pat. <laughs> we yeah. all know that. And yeah. you know, Pat lost that podium spot. And I think it would help Ricky to apologize to him. Not that, you know, I don't know if Pat even wants it, but. You know, if I were sitting in Ricky's seat thinking about it now, I would imagine it would be time. But, you know, you got to leave that to him, I guess. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I wonder if in his head he's just like, this is so long ago. Like, 
That's basically what he said. It's like, you know, that bus has left the station is what he yeah. said. You know, it's been yeah. so long. And, and I, I understand that too. I mean, this, you know, again, I'm not defending anything that happened. I just, you know, you're talking about, you know, the difference between being 23 and 27 doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a, like, it's a lot. It's I remember a lot. when I was 23 and I remember when I was 27 and a lot changed in me in those four, yeah, you know, four years or so. And those are, those are growing years for sure. For sure. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, but, you know, I appreciate the fact that they did it. And, you know, I, the only thing I really hope comes from it, I'm hopeful based on the fact they did this interview that they become more and more transparent on what the testing looks like. Since they're willing to ask the questions here, I think now would be a good time for CrossFit to come out and go, here's what the testing is going to look like. Here's who's been tested, you know, and publish those results. Here's who got popped, which they have been publishing that, but, Mm -hmm. you know, keep it out on the, on the web for people to see. I think it's important. You know, yeah. and so anyway, um, and CrossFit Health is back. <gasps> I saw that. And you, it's so cool. Yeah, so excited for them. I, um, yeah, I had some notes here on them. I mean, so what I think is cool about them coming back is before I'll give you a little backstory. So when I when I started this podcast with Chad. And we went out to see Glassman. Chad's a PT, so he's a physical therapist, technically a chiropractor. And we got okay. out there and we're talking to somebody within CrossFit Health. And I just offhandedly go, I go, yeah, Chad's a chiropractor. And they're like, oh my God, don't tell Greg. He'll lose his shit. You know? And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, he hates chiropractors, doesn't like it. You know? And he was hell bent on making sure that CrossFit Health was, was only for MDs. Like that was it, gotta be MDs. And the new CrossFit Health is open to anyone that's in the medical profession, which I think is great. You know, open it up, open it up to all healthcare providers. And and for me, I think that's really cool because you have so many people. Like I just think of all the PTs and and chiros and and nurses and whoever that are in gyms helping people day in and day out that can now, you know, really get full access to CrossFit Health, which is a, a terrific part of the organization. So when you say it was just for MDs and now these people have access, does that mean that they can like go get their L1s or are there resources online for them? Like what exactly, if you can, if you have access to CrossFit Health, quote unquote, and I'm asking for a friend literally because, um, you know, Matt is a doctor of pharmacy and would totally be interested in, in doing whatever he can to certify through his medical career. Yeah. So that's a great question that I'm probably not fully prepared to answer. I can tell you that their website says that they'll be uh, providing education, networking solutions to people. So I would imagine based just off that sentence alone that yes, you're certainly going to have more access than they've ever had before. Um, I talked to them about this at the games and they swore me to secrecy. They're like, you can't tell anybody we're doing this, you know? (laughs) Um, And I promised them they can start coming on the podcast. So hopefully we'll get, you know, we can get some of them on. As a matter of fact, one of the doctors reached out to me and we need to book him. Um, Oh, great. I would love that. That would be awesome. Literally every time I get hired by CrossFit to do an event, Matt jokes, he's like, when are they going to hire their pharmacist, (laughs) resident in-house pharmacist for me for a job? So if anyone from CrossFit is listening, which they're not, uh, hire Matt, but they should, they truly should. And I said this to Eric, this was a while ago, he was doing an Instagram live and they were talking about CrossFit health and talking about the MDL ones and bringing more medical professionals into the, into the swing of things. And that was like one of his long-term goals, which he's clearly not delivering on. So kudos new guy, Eric. Um, and I specifically at that time said, please include 
uh, pharmacists in your network of, of medical professionals, because the reality is like the doctors are making the diagnoses and the pharmacists are the ones that are talking about the medications and how much and when and why and where. And if you're, if you're uh, in the field, the way that my husband is, you're not into drugs. <laughs> like you're right. not pushing pills. What Matt does is he counsels people to get off of their medication by educating them and explaining to them what they can do differently in their diet and health and lifestyle to get off of their chronic meds. And so that's, that is the type of brain that we need in the space alongside the doctors who are making the prognoses are the pharmacists who are able to say what you should and shouldn't take and why and when, and what you can do in your life to avoid it. So, well, funny enough, you say that, um, you know, their little, little blurb that they put out, said that the program is going to focus on creating a network of physicians dedicated to improving lives of people without relying on pills, that they're going to, they're trying to make positive changes in the medical industry with, by educating care providers and patients in a medication dependent industry. So it's probably great to have Matt be a part of it. Yeah. Cause he can help. He could certainly help with that. And you know, it's funny. We were just talking about this last night on, I was talking to Ben about this last night. Someone asked like, how do I, you know, find a PT? And I'm like, you need to, or, you know, find a doctor that will help me. And I'm like, you need to find one that will help you move and focus mm-hmm. on diet and exercise and, you know, won't lead with, Hey, go take this, <laughs> you know, like yes, exactly. it's so important to move, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's like Matt's whole jam is like, he meets with patients and does that. He's like, the you can in his the offices he works in like you could see the doc or you could see the nurse or you could see the pharmacist and it's like the way of the future because these people are the ones who are who are educated on you know basically the over medication of our entire populace and how to sort of like try to wheel back from it um it's sad to realize how many people like don't want to they just want the drugs they don't want to do the work you know it's sad well the work's hard nikki I know. The work is hard. The drugs are hard too, though, because they all, they jack you up. Yeah, I know. They they fix one problem, start another one. I mean, you know, know, like you're dealing right now with recovery. It's true. I'm dealing with old age. And I'm not (laughs) saying that as a joke. Like the work is hard. It is. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, when about five weeks into my postpartum anxieties, when I really started to like turn around and I've been feeling so good the last couple of weeks and knock on wood that that sticks around. But in the time when things were rough, I would have done anything for a pill to fix it. I truly would have, it would have been easier than going to therapy every week and sitting with right. needles at acupuncture and, you know, taking, taking magnesium at night. Like if I could have just taken a magic pill to make it go away, I sure as shit would have. So you're absolutely right. Well, and there's sometimes you need to take a pill. Like I don't want to oh, make, totally, totally. you know, I mean, Matt's a pharmacist, so I don't want to make it sound like <laughs> what he does is voodoo. Like, you know, that's science too. And there are yes. certainly moments where you need to do that. And, you know, you got to trust that your, your MDs making good decisions for you or helping you make good decisions for yourself to do that. So I don't want to make it sound like we're anti-science, anti-meds, like, you know, that stuff exists. And I'm sure you took plenty of meds during your pregnancy and post, like, you know, most people do, you know. Um, But anyway, I think it's very cool. We'll get one of their doctors on uh, in no time flat. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love that. So here's the the big news that I had. I had two big things in my list here I want to talk about. The one I'm most excited about, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, is back in competition. I'm hey! so excited. So excited. Oh my God. I adore this woman. 
seriously. Just everything she's been doing lately is like so on point. Like the way that she chronicled her healing journey and how open she's been about, you know, everything that she went through with her, with her female health and, and sort of like just being such a great mentor in the sport without even competing, like just being herself and having that make her the figurehead that she was and, and God, what she's done is just, I love her. I'm so glad that she's back. Oh, I am too. I mean, you know, she, so she tore her ACL uh, back in March. So it's been, how many months is that? Six, seven months, I guess. So she missed, obviously missed the game season this year. You know, she was out in 2020 with a bacterial infection. She fractured her rib in 2018. Like she's had like kind of a string of injuries and, like I don't, I don't have a lot of favorites, uh, but she's one of my favorites, so no Same. doubt. Because she's always Same. like super energetic, super positive, super nice. But when she's competing, man, there's just like I love people that get intense when they compete, and she gets really intense. I just love yeah, it. I do too. I do too. And if you haven't read, I don't know where the article was published, but I'm sure the Morning Chalk Up will link to it. If you haven't read the article that she wrote about how basically when she was overtraining, she lost her period, mm-hmm. and how that was like she was very against that. She was like, that was detrimental. And she didn't know, she doesn't know what she wants for her reproductive future, but she knew that that was wrong. I love that she was a voice in that space because it is not healthy and it is not right to overtrain or be so lean that you lose that. Um, and that can cause some serious long-term damage. So, you know, it's kind of become commonplace to just, it just happens. And we just kind of accept that in the athletic world and we shouldn't. So I'm glad that she said that. Well, a little birdie told me we're going to have her on the show soon. Hey, is that little birdie named Snorri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Snorri and I have talked. So I love talking to Snorri. Snorri's her best. agent, for those that don't know. He looks like me, but stronger or just strong. <laughs> you know? Just strong. <laughs> I Actually, I love Snorri because he does look like me. He's bald and you know got a beard and he plays guitar and he just plays really well, by the way. Yes, he's like, excellent. Re- really well. And, you know, he's like, he's like the, the, the European, uh, Matt O'Keefe, you know, yes. um, manages all the best athletes out in Europe and super funny dude. And we, he and I, I think we chatted one day for about an hour through via DM and you had already connected with him and, and he was like, we'll have her on next week. And then like the day, the next day you went into labor. I'm like, well, I think I, I had a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think we're putting this off for a little bit snorry, but we'll get back to you. So, uh, we'll have her on soon. I, I'm, I'm going to totally fangirl. I'm just going to call it right now. I'm going to be useless. So you're going to have to handle that interview for me. Yeah. Uh, and the other big news, your boy, Gee. I was going to say this too. Okay, I, great. It's a mayhem athlete now. Look at him. Uh, I mean, hooey. Mayhem is snatching up all of the best kiddos. <sighs> I, I, I mean, you think they've already? You think they've already taken him to Cracker Barrel? Uh, if not, then they're like, what, what are they even <laughs> Tennessee folk? Really? I mean, really? Uh, I was so excited when I saw, it. I mean, I, you know, I love the kid's enthusiasm and, and how fit he is. And, but you know, he just seems like a genuinely nice, nice young man. And, uh, when I saw he was in Tennessee, I'm like, what's he doing in Cookville? Like he's uh-huh. a Brazilian, like he's not supposed to be in Cookville. And then, you know, I hit the C translate button cause I don't speak Portuguese or, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and sure as the world, he, he joined mayhem. 
So yeah, it's good wild. Thing. It's yeah. wild. And I don't know what the deal is with Mal, but I had seen some like Instagram stuff of her and Haley training together, like doing some stuff together. So I don't I, know. I think they're new besties now. I think, you know, I, I love seeing uh, really great athletes train with each other. I just think that's really mm-hmm. cool that they're able to do that. I just think the whole mayhem franchise is so smart. Like everything they do is smart. They're, they're got great business acumen. Um, and Guy's just an awesome, awesome kid. I mean, I have been working with this kid since he was like 17 years old and I was doing all the reporting for the age groups. And ever since then, he has just didn't, it didn't speak much English back then, but he was so sweet and just <sighs> genuine is a great way of putting it. It's really nice to see good people excel in this sport. It's yep. really lovely. It's setting it up for the future, truly. Like well, and it should be noted since he's going to be there with Haley. Haley got a new cat for whatever that's worth. <laughs> News of the day. It is. She got a new kitten and it's very cute. And she had to socialize it with her, her older kitten. And we sent a lot of DMs back and forth of, of, <laughs> of, of me commenting on how cute this kitten was and me wanting to know how they're getting along in case I ever decided to get a second one around here. So oh, bean number two. Somebody messaged me the other night and they're like, what's it like? to be around all these, you know, the fittest women on earth is like, are your standards too high to date? I'm like, well, to be honest, we normally just text photos of cats back and forth. Like, you know, me and Haley, me and, and Danny, like, it's always just cat photos. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like someone's old cat lady. So you're like, your dating standards are really low, but your, your date has to have like an epic cat. <laughs> yes. Like the cat standards are really high. <laughs> yes. The cat standards are really high. Really, really high. So, uh, last thing. Oh, is it my- bad if I wait, wait, wait? You cannot walk right by the opportunity to call it the pussy standards. Yeah, no, I was ah, letting it go. Ah. I was letting it go. I was trying but, to be um, good. I was trying to be good, and you ruined no. it. You ruined Sorry. it. Or did I make it better? Uh, Maybe you ruined it. I Maybe you did. It. Maybe Sorry. you made Sorry. it better. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I had on my list because I thought this was really cool all my besties in one place so you were on Girls Gone Wad with Joy and Claire I was how was so, it I love them it was so fun I have been friends with them for ages they had me on the show a million years ago um, when my brother was living in Denver and I went out to visit him and so I caught up with Joy and it was funny because she reached out and you know they came back like they have yep. this is Joy and Claire and they have their um, Ready Set Bake podcast but they're bringing back girls gone wad to start talking more freely and openly in the fitness space again and she messaged me and asked me if i would come on and talk about being a new mom and being a new mom like and getting back to fitness and crossfit and all that stuff and we spent so long in the beginning kind of us like going through my journey from not wanting to have children to wanting to have children because that's those are questions that they feel all the time because Claire has two kids and Joy has none by choice and that's kind of just like a topic of conversation that's common we talked about that for like an hour and a half we didn't even really get to like the fact that I have a kid now right. <laughs> and like what's been going on since so we have another date to record next week uh, to do like a part two but it was so fun we you know of course derail our own conversation over and over again um, but it was it was a really good good time I love them. I think they are both very clever. Their podcasts are great. Um, mm-hmm. What I love about them is they've been, um, they wouldn't know this, but they're kind of been a mentor to me through this, like have given me really sound advice on, 
on how to, you know, men, the mental challenges that come with, you know, having listeners that yell at you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, and, they're know, very good at mitigating that. They're very good at like standing their ground and being like, well, that, you know, smash that unfollow button. Yeah. And like, and they, the one thing they taught me, I don't think I've ever told them this, but the one thing they taught me is that, you know, their show is just the two of them talking about their opinions. It's not trying to, they're not trying to sway your opinion. They don't even want to know what your opinion is. They just are posting it. If you want to listen to their opinion, feel free, but you don't get to tell them what their opinion should be. And I think that's really cool. And it's, it's started shaping my mindset as a creator of, I'm going to create what I like. And if you don't like it, fine, but you don't get to tell me what I get to create. Like, it's really simple, you know, and love that. And, you know, I, and it's been very freeing to be able to do that. And it's helped me through both of these podcasts of thinking, all right, well, I'm going to talk about the things I like. And when I'm with you, I'm going to talk about the things that we like. And, and if people like it, that's great. And if they don't, well, I guess they'll vote with their feet, but you know, we'll hope for the best. I love that. I love that. That should be your, like what it says in your bio on Instagram. I'm going to create what I'm going to create because I like it. And if you don't like it, that's fine, but you don't get to tell me what I like. Yeah. And unfortunately there aren't enough characters in the Instagram yeah. bio to put all that in. Damn so, it. <laughs> I know. Well, I was glad you were on there. Cause I love them. I full disclosure. I've not listened yet. I just, uh, they sent me, you know, the, the screenshot that you had done it. I'm like, Oh, I got to save that for later. So it's on my listening for tomorrow when I've got some time in the car. So. Oh, fun. Tell me what you think. I absolutely um, will. I have something to share. This is oh. just kind of, uh, just kind of funny. Hang on. Let me pull it. Oh on. my God. If, a, if you're pregnant again, I quit. Oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, oh my God. Wait, side story. So when I went to my six week check with my OB there, they were like, do you like, what is your plan for um, birth control? Because you know, people say that breastfeeding kind of like minimizes your chances of ovulating again. And that's true, right. but it's not surefire. Any Irish twins will tell you that. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, most people, when they have a baby, they don't want to go right back to potentially getting pregnant again. So she's like, what are your, you know, what are you thinking? You want to get back on the pill? You want to put an IUD in like whatever. And I just looked at her and I was like, um, my method of birth control will be abstinence. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Who walks into their six week appointment and is like, I'm ready to stick hey, something else in there. I'm like, sure some do. I'm sure some oh do. Oh my God. Who are those women? Cause I'm just over here being like, what, what do my stitches look like lady? Like, come on. Well, I, be asking me about getting pregnant again. Hey, look, you, you, you said the term Irish twins. I know plenty of people that have babies that are like, you know, 12 to 14 months apart. Like really, I mean, me and my baby sister are 18 months apart. We're real I know. close. I know, you know, I think going into this process, we thought about it. We were like, it'd be cool to have them back to back. And, you know, so I'm only eight, seven, eight weeks out now. And I'm like, slow your roll. I mean, mine are like 22, 23 months apart. And I love I like it. that. I like that. I like. It's like almost perfect, to be that honest. I like. I know Matt was very close in age with his brothers, so he's into him. And my brother and I are nine years apart. So there's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And I love that, mm. too. Yeah. All right. What were you looking up? You're looking something up. So... Someone sent me a DM um, and it was in response uh, to <laughs> the episode where like, I didn't know that goddamn was a swear. <laughs> that was totally real. That was totally real. So this is from uh, Aisha Jad. And she said, um, I'm a senior officer in the Canadian army and we have an expression that I live and die by. And this is like, this identifies me so much. It is quote, if you take peanut butter out of my diet, 
and fuck out of my vocabulary. I'll starve and I won't be able to tell you about it. (laughs) And I was like, can I please, please share this on the podcast? So Aisha, that is perfect. It is me to a T. Thank you for sending that to me. That is you to a T. I'm going to live and die by that motto now. Oh, and now you know all the swear words. So that's even better. Yeah, I'm so edumacated. Edumacated. There you go. All right. Well, after this, we have uh, Sam Dancer, who I recorded an episode with um, when I was at the CrossFit Games. Everybody knows Sam. He's been on before. He was great, as always. Uh, We spent a lot of time talking about his new charity. And so that's, I think, really cool for everyone to hear and, and, you know, kind of his journey with that. And uh, full disclosure, Sam is funny. Uh, Sam says a lot of things that are very questionable. And what I mean, and I say that with love and he says it with love because like his, his vocabulary is not always perfect. And he's st- at some point he says something, I must've raised my eyebrow. Cause he goes, yeah, that wasn't right. Was, <laughs> you know, like I forget what <laughs> like he said. What? Well, like, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, we're spending a lot of his charity focuses on, um, you know, kids with developmental needs. And I forget how he phrased, referred to them, but it wasn't the most appropriate way, right? Oh, I see. I see. And it wasn't a horrible way either, if I remember right. I haven't listened back to it yet, but I just remember him saying to me, I know that didn't sound right, but please understand this, like all of this comes from a place of love. And I truly believe that about him. You know, like he's such a loving, caring uh, person that he often, I don't think he often thinks about like what he's saying because it's just coming from a place of love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of that. And there's, there's definitely a balance between like being perfect and politically correct and like just speaking from your heart. So, you know, if he says the wrong thing, but he recognizes it and is just kind of like, I don't know if that's right, but this is, this is coming from a place of love. I think that's, that's yeah, the, the point most is you can that, ask for someone. Yeah. It was just, it was like a unique and different interview and I wasn't, you know, censoring or policing them. And I don't think any yeah. of it was really bad in my memory, but I just thought it was kind of an interesting interview and, and he's a fun guy to talk to. Totally. Um, so we did in the back of the, the strong coffee company van and uh, he's a big dude. So like, you know, getting him inside that thing was a job in amongst itself. Oh my God. If I could podcast from that thing, 38 weeks pregnant, so could Sam Dancer, please. Well, he's a big, he's a big dude. He's still bigger than you, but uh, <laughs> it's actually probably true. <laughs> he's, he's a big boy. His quads, his quads were as big as my pregnant belly. Yeah, but it was fun. So it was a good interview. So we'll, we'll play that after this. so Everybody can listen to it. And uh, yeah, that'll be that. And I think we have maybe one or two left from the games and then we'll be back on a regular schedule and hopefully we can get Sarah and some of these other people yeah. very quickly. Perfect. So. All right. Anything else? You got anything That's for it. me? No, how, pre- how prepared was I? Was I good? This was excellent. The only thing that I had was the ghee thing. So the fact that you brought it up already where I've just, pff, you should do all the planning from here on out. No, absolutely not. <laughs> nah. I, I already have a job and it's not this. So <laughs> <laughs> I get, I hear you. All right. Well, this has been fun as always. Uh, tell Matt I said hi. Smooch the little smiley baby for me. I will. I will. I'm, uh, I'm loving the pictures, so keep posting them. My mom is loving the pictures, so keep posting them. Oh, okay. And uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us once again, and we will chat with you guys soon. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show, live from the CrossFit Games, continuing our series of talking to interesting voices within the community here from the sketchy little uh, strong coffee company paneled van and have a very interesting voice in the CrossFit community, Sam Dancer. What's going on, man? I appreciate the uh, 
the, the interestingness that you believe me to be. <laughs> so I, 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 I like to be. Um, I don't want to. I don't. I'm not looking to fit in necessarily and, and blend in. So I'm I'm all good with that. But I've been doing really well and here with my family, here with my business, Strong Coffee, here with our non for profit, partnered with Your Bay. All the proceeds from that go 100% to our foundation, which will probably fund us for, based off the numbers I've heard them pulling in, and they're matching the sales too. So if we make a $5 sale, then $10 goes to our foundation. We'll probably have two years of our, our work covered and you know that over the course of four days. Oh, so in four days, amazing. we'll fund our, our non-for-profit for maybe two or three years. Well, so, for, for those that don't know, tell everyone about your, your nonprofit. Yeah, of course. Um, so Dance for Love Foundation uh, officially became uh, a non-for-profit maybe about three years ago. We've been doing the work for about seven or eight years. And uh, our efforts were to, it was kind of a two-part effort. One, we needed to make money so that we could we could do things with it, like get these special needs athletes, whether it be mental, physical, cognitive, it didn't matter. Like we just, we want to help people. All people need to know is we want to help people get into a gym who maybe without us would, would have a really difficult time accomplishing that. So it's, it started with helping people with down syndrome and it's, it's gotten much bigger than that. And uh, so that's what we do. We get people who are less fortunate into, into gyms. Um, we work locally in Quincy, Illinois. Um, so we, we have a local fo- focus and we have a, a national and worldwide focus where people can apply for, for grants to, um, to get somebody coaching, one-on-one coaching uh, or group coaching, depending on kind of where you're at. Um, like I have some athletes that integrate very well with group classes. I have some athletes that need, they, they need a one-on-one coach. So, uh, dancer love foundation. That's what we're all about. We do these charity events called row raisers where a team of 10, uh, and, and one special need athlete row a marathon together. It's uh, a little bit competitive, but mostly, and this is the second part of what's important about what we do. You know, the raising money is really, it's a, Really, we couldn't do the things we do without money. And the next, you know, it's a, it's almost one to one. They're very equal. This, but this part is why I started it, and uh, and why I think it's so special. It's not that we're serving people, and that have are in special circumstances. Like that's cool and all. I'm right. down with that. But it's what happens to your heart when you get the opportunity to have a relationship with someone <laughs> less fortunate. Right. Uh, and I, I don't want to say less fortunate is maybe not a great way to describe it. Underprivileged, maybe. Right. Um, again, you know, any, I love the word special needs because it's, it's so general that like any special circumstance I can just throw into that. So excuse my choice of words, but uh, I, I swear I have the best intentions behind them. But when I met, I'm specific, specifically speaking about a young man named James Foster, who is kind of the, the, the birthplace of everything that, that has happened for us and, and why we started the, the foundation. 
I met him and he he changed my life immediately uh, but also like it kept happening and happening like every interaction I was happening having having with this young man continued to like reshape my heart and change my heart and I I believe if I if I was receptive to that change than anybody could be I was <laughs> this is I was a football player you right. know I was <laughs> from the Midwest right, too yeah. bro like you know so raised to, to, you get that's I feel like that's yeah, enough yeah. to paint a picture of the type of guy wild guy too and, and I just I knew if I could experience that change then anyone in the world could could experience that and it was it was incredible. One of my favorite stories with James, we were walking down the sidewalk together, sled poles we were doing. Some kids hang out their car and, um, and call him an effing retard. And I got so mad. I just wanted to fight. And I wanted to chase these guys down. And I wanted to hurt them. I was so angry. James was cool. He was totally fine. I was so perplexed as to how he wasn't distraught from how horribly you know he was just treated uh i was bullied really bad in high school so i I was i'm very sensitive to to that when someone like tries to pick on someone or something or insult someone i don't do very well i I get very emotional and uh and and sometimes i'm not able to creatively express that emotion and it, it comes out oftentimes in maybe a form of anger and that's what I was I was very angry with uh with what these kids did and uh and James was cool and I uh, the light bulbs some light bulbs went off for me in that moment I saw I saw that he was unaffected by this and he knew what happened he totally understood everything that occurred he understood my the grief that I felt the anger that I felt and he understood what they said but yet he was still open <laughs> if they would have pulled around <laughs> and came right. back again i still would have wanted to fight him but he would have probably introduced himself and you know hi my name is james and they would have gotten like a second chance and he would have blessed them with his light and it probably would if this would have hypothetically happened and in that moment they probably would have experienced the change that I speak of that didn't happen. I was the I was affected, you know, and my had my heart changed in that moment. And that's just one of many stories that I've experienced working with James. So that 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 the inter, the interactions I've had with him are, are what I wanted to help recreate for other people uh, beyond where I live. So we started those those fundraising events all over the country they were happening all over the world people we were connecting people with uh, their area special olympics and we were getting athletes to attend these events these athletes are um rowing amongst the able-bodied athletes people who've never met anyone with special and if you've never met someone with special needs this is like this is how i talked to james the first time i met him i was like hi james right. i'm i'm right. sam nice right. to meet you right. like I, I he's, would he's never, like bro i speak english you don't have to <laughs> exactly. you don't have to touch me like that 
Oh my gosh, so good. But um, it, it helps break, break that down and again allows people an opportunity to have relationship with, with these bright lights and have their lives change. And I, I envisioned, I thought it could change the world. I still believe that about it. Like I, we're doing incredible work and, and the, the incredible work that we're doing is we're just facilitating an opportunity for people right. to meet people like James and, and have and, and soften their hearts a little bit. So, well, that's the magic, isn't it? Like, you know, meeting, meeting people that have different worldviews or different mm. experiences, um, you know, come from a different place than we do. And, and coming to a point of understanding of where they are changes you. That's why I love working with charities and foundations because it, it helps me to continue to grow. You know, I'm an old man. <laughs> and, I, you know, I continue to grow because I learn from them. I was just talking to somebody about this this morning that, you know, I think it's people struggle to work with foundations or someone that they've never had that experience because it requires them to change. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to be willing to realize that you don't have all the answers or you might be wrong, which I think is often why people don't want to do it, right? Yeah. And, you know, I've just had so many experiences where, you know, I'm kind of fearless, so I'll just say something to you. And without any fear of you coming back to me going, hey, that's not the right verbiage. You shouldn't say that, you know. And, and because I've done that, I've made a lot of mistakes. But, you know, to your, you, know you said it. It's, if you're coming from a good place, I think most people understand that. There are very few people that won't give you grace if they know your heart is, hey, I'm here to help you. Yeah. Uh, and I want to learn from you. And as long as you're sure you're willing to do that, I think it's a great place. And, it, you know, it sounds like you know, a terrific opportunity for people to start interacting with others that they normally wouldn't get yeah. the opportunity to. Yeah, that are different. And and it's that relationship that we help facilitate that I I believe can and can drastically change all of humanity. Like and I just wanna it it took off a little faster than we anticipated. So we've had to kinda pull the rings in a little bit on it and we're Jen and I are now instead of having 40 going on at once we're just kind of we're going to them personally James is coming with us and we think that it's it kind of gets back to the authenticity and then of the 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 CrossFit culture too like um it's just it's unlike really any any other sport if if you want to argue it's a sport you know that's we, a different we could, well, yeah we could argue that for that's hours a different our, topic yeah, but completely. um it's it's unlike really any other sport it's uh, you, could you ever imagine like after a football game like getting to you know if the athletes came and and like kind of walk through and you got to hang out and see some of them and and well, only in high school football, and to be fair, a lot of these athletes are about that size, so <laughs> that works out. You know, you're going to ruin your reputation on this podcast. Uh, you know, I think you're known within the CrossFit community as like kind of the beast mode guy. You lift, you know, you lift tremendous weight, super strong, really intense on the field. Now here you are, you know, starting a foundation. You're a new daddy to a baby yeah. girl. Yeah. Like got the you got the the daddy heart now. Yeah, I drive a little slower now. Do you? Yeah, I do. I don't cuss as much. Oh, uh, we can't have that. Um, but uh, so yeah, I've changed. I've changed. <laughs> no, but I, I've honestly, I've kind of always been a sweet, 
sweet man, um, kind, kind man. And like I mentioned, I got, I got bullied really bad in high school physically. Like I do, I've been pissed on, spit on, called every name in the book, kicked, beat up, you know, just, it was a horrible experience for me. And, um, so I, I, and, and I don't, I don't know if it took that, you know, to necessarily make me, make me want to be kinder to people. Right. Um, but even as a young, as a young kid, I still a wild man. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm still a wild man. It's okay but, to be both. You but, be both. um, you know, I, I, I feel like I've always kind of had this, uh, this sensitive side and this, I have this warrior side as well. And I like to hang out right in between them. How, how are you balancing? I'm using my own perspective here. It's when I had baby girls, mine are not babies, but <laughs> but I remember vividly baby girl days. And I also remember vividly having that immediate feeling of never loving anything as much mm. yeah, okay. as my new baby, both of them, but also the fierce sense of protection. And like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a third your size, bro. So I, you know, I'm not the guy that's out there looking for fights or you know yeah. whatever. But I distinctly remember feeling there's absolutely nothing I wouldn't stop to protect my baby girl. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought this up because I've had a lot of people share that. Um, that seems to be a very common thing that happens with the birth of a child, and uh, I didn't feel it. And neither did my wife, and we were kind of worried. And like after after Star came out, this <laughs> is shortly after. But we're all in bed together, and she's like, "Do you do you feel like this immense love for her? Like everyone said?" And I was like, "I don't." And she goes, "Me neither." And um, this stuff it sounds bad, but I'll, I'll we'll clarify soon. And uh, so we didn't have this immense love, and and, and uh, I was I was kind of angry in a way at the I, I was I saw what the the okay. process of delivering this child was doing to my wife, who is we are we are one. We are truly unified, and uh, which is not a. <laughs> an easy thing uh, to be in union with someone, but I, there's, you know, Jenny's very high up on the list, and and what I uh, revere and love, and and, um, and so this child beats the crap out of my wife. So I was in a weird way. I was kind of like, when the, right when the baby came out, I was like, get get out of the, like, you know, I'll put you up on your mom's chest, but I was like, Jenny. I was worried about my wife, <laughs> and like that was my main concern was right. my wife the whole time. And but the love grew, and it's and it's developed, and it's we we both and we talk about it often how it, it, it continues to progress and into a uh, a really really strong and uh, like you mentioned the protectiveness and it. It's weird what happens to you um, psychologically, and I, I've definitely found myself becoming 
I'm much more organized. I'm much more aware of what's kind of what I'm about to get myself into right. because I know I, in the back of my mind, I know I have a, uh, a wife and a child. And even, even when I got married, that kind of happened too. I was like, okay, you got to stop doing risky business right. because you know, you don't want to leave your wife alone at home, you know? So I didn't, or if I even get, did something stupid and got injured and put right. a, a larger burden of, of work on, onto my spouse. So, uh, that, that too, I f- just feeling that coming into, um, you know, a, a highly sensed perception, uh, is, is, is new too. Uh, so I've, I've definitely, I've, I've changed quite a bit and, and, uh, have some new, uh, you know, uh, instincts, if you will. Um, and my love for my child is, has grown and grown and grown. And, but I still, I still oddly, like if, no, and I like asking people this question. It's dark and a horrible thing to think about, but I, I'm curious in people's answers sometimes. Um, and <laughs> depending on your, you know, your circumstances, <laughs> you, might, you know, might definitely you could jokingly answer one way or the other. But um, like, if I had to save my child or my wife, I, I would 100% of the time, no matter the odds seek to seek to protect my wife first and foremost and i it's just and i i don't know i'm just i'm a little i don't know that i i was initially kind of troubled by the fact that i i had these thoughts that i didn't feel the way everyone said that they felt about their child and this immense love but my my feelings for my wife too have 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 expanded as well and and it just—I find it hard to believe that Star's going to be able to catch up to that. Right. But every day she does. Right. She gets she gets closer and closer and closer to the way that I feel about her mother. Well, I'm divorced, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's an I easy mean, answer if you need it. It's super easy to answer. Don't, yeah, don't bother. Uh, super easy to answer. <laughs> No, look, I, I get that. You know, it's funny that you bring that up as a question. My mom, I remember distinctly, if my mom's going to listen to this, she may <laughs> she have... She listened to all of them? Yeah, she may remember this differently. But I remember that coming up as a question when I was a kid. I think yeah, one of us asked does. her if, you know, you know, you know, who would you go with, you know? Yeah. Dad or us. And she was like, your dad. Like, no doubt. Like, she, you know, she loves us. And I have an amazing family yeah my mom and dad are absolutely terrific but you know it was always about the two of them mm-hmm. always you know it's having kids is interesting in so many ways i i didn't feel this immediate oh my god this is my baby i have this tremendous love like i loved my baby yeah. you know but it does grow i mean i think it's fair to say that your love grows i it's funny i talked to my oldest last night and quite literally said to her there's literally nothing that you or your sister could ever do that would keep me from loving you except for rooting for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. That's the line for me. Yeah. I'm an Ole Miss fan. You can't root for Mississippi State, but otherwise you guys could do anything and I will love and protect you always, you know, and it's, but that love has grown over the years as I've come to see them as independent, unique, 
they're totally different from each other. You know, they're different from me. They're different from their mom. Like, you know, you, I think people often think they're going to have kids and they're like, okay, well, this is just going to be a blend of the two of us and, and we'll love them because of that. And it's, it's kind of the opposite. Like, yeah. you love in, either in spite of that or you learn to love them because they're unique and different. And it's, uh, it's unlike anything else. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying to even, you know, people, you know, I've had hundreds of people ask me, how, you know, how, how's being a father? And I'm right. still, it's great. Don't get, I love, I've loved it. It's been such a pleasant process. I'm honored that Jen and I get to steward this little human um, I'm so stoked on it, but like I'm, I still don't really have a great uh, vocabulary to to express, you know, the experience so far. It's 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 kind of it's dude, it's really it's crazy, dude. It is. It is wild that we come out of another human. <laughs> and, and dude, <laughs> I was in the room twice. I saw it. I saw it both times, and. Uh, yeah, it's you know people say the miracle of childbirth is like the viciousness of childbirth <laughs> is what is what they should say because I was is, traumatized, dude. Yeah. I was straight up would like ha- I would freeze up at like green lights sometimes, just like having flashbacks. Of, You'll always have those. Of it. I, I, it's like PTSD. You no, know, like women having babies, I think we're overstating it. But I'm telling you, like I have a really crappy memory for most things. I do too, and I can tell you the color of the room I was in. I can yes. tell you what it smelled like. I can tell you what the couch looked like. I can tell you where... Yeah. I can go know. there and just close my eyes. Yeah. It's like instantly. I remember all of it. And you know, we had a tough birth with the first one, like a scary birth. Ours and, was gnarly too. And the, and the second one was far easier. But I remember both vividly. I remember their first cry. I remember everything about it. You know? And... It's vicious. It's a vicious cycle. But it is, you know, I, I understand why people call it the miracle because it's probably a miracle. You survive it. Yeah, you survive <laughs> it. And, you know, it's... I've, I've said I think, it's a, I think it's a prerequisite shoved into, you know, it's a, a, a compressed prerequisite to what will very well prepare you um, for, for um, parenthood. Um, and... And because it's, it's kind, it is, it is a tumultuous, vicious process, especially early on. And, and we are very regimented, like dialed in people. And still it was like, there's a handful of times it got kind of overwhelming and, and it was a lot and it's just, you get kind of run down too. And, you know, so no doubt it, it was hard. And I think that that vicious birthing experience kind of kind of equips you a little bit uh, emotionally yep. for for what's ahead and not that again it's I like it, it is vicious but it, it's it is it's the miracle right? right and the miracle I feel like has a much positive uh, kind of uh, feel to it and uh, it's still it's uh, it's all beautiful and it's all great but the, the challenges that lie with it, I think uh, our, you get to you get to have that crash course in what like if you can do this like right you can right. do anything. I th- I think the miracle of childbirth or raising children, if you allow it to be this, is that you will continue to learn and grow from them. 
just as much as you would teach them. I yeah. think often people have kids thinking, all right, it's my job to raise this kid and teach them how to be a good human. And you do have to do that. Like, you yeah. certainly have to give you know children guidance and, and help them grow and, and understand right from wrong. There's a lot of that. But you also have to understand that as they grow, they're going to teach you things along the way. And you have to be willing to accept that. Yeah. Like, as an example, you know, my two are really vocal in, in their opinions on everything, right? And and I was doing, I did a, I just remember what I was doing for the Outwad Foundation, or the Out Foundation, and uh, I was talking to my oldest about it, and I'm like, hey, I've, you know, I'm going to do some stuff for him, and she's like, well, how much, you know, how much money are you going to donate? I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm going to, you know, we'll sell some shirts for him, and I'll donate 10%. She's like, absolutely not. You're going to donate 100%. You don't need money from that shirt. They need the money. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know, she's right. Like, I'm not gay. Yeah. I'm helping their foundation. Yeah. They're helping people who are that need assistance. I don't need the money. I'm like, you're right. Like, why would I even consider not doing 100%? Uh-huh. You know? And, and you know, she taught me just <laughs> wow. a different way to think. Yeah. You know, and she was 16 at the time, yeah. maybe. You know, and that's one example of thousands of things that they yeah, teach me you know, and they teach me some horrible things too but you know uh, <laughs> teach me all the great slang that's the best part about having daughters they teach you all the great current they slang keep you hip yeah you can stay hip <laughs> yeah hip's not a word anymore bro <laughs> not anymore oh, yeah, my bad. but yeah you're right i get it you can you absolutely can uh you know stay on the forefront I, as a matter of fact i'll post things from time to time and use some of their slang and people will message like how'd you learn that you're 50 years old i'm like i got daughters like you know <laughs> i listen to the way they talk you know but it's it, good but it's no different than what you're talking about with your foundation you yeah. know but i think it's hard for people because it's their kid yeah right yeah. and they're like what can my kid teach me i should be teaching them and I think you have to be open to it i suspect stars going to teach you a lot of already stuff already has already yeah. has quite a bit quite a bit she's deaf things i even already she's it's weird because like i i knew things but i would have these aha moments with her like i know i know the importance of sleep and nutrition like i know these things i really do um like i i feel i embody these things i it's not just knowledge in my head but I, I, I'm a living, breathing, experiencing um, materialization of, of that knowledge. And Star, when I, see, when I see her thriving and what's allowing her to thrive and when she's struggling and why she might be struggling, and you see the little things like maybe sleeping too much, maybe not enough, maybe not you know not eating enough food or having digestive issues and you you just see how you know how upset it makes them and we have this this you know really thick ego that we we are able to kind of suppress of a lot of this information that a baby so uh freely and vulnerably shares and um it's encouraged me to get a little bit more in touch with with those things and and you know i don't need to start crying right <laughs> every time i'm you know i am one of those things but just it, but recognizing it and using it uh to my advantage so that i can 
put myself in a in a structured place consistently that I can thrive in, just like just like her, yeah. and uh, and that that like just again of many examples that I could that I could give in ways that I've had some aha moments through her and. It, it'll be it'll be really interesting once she actually starts talking and and telling and telling you the things <laughs> and teaching you. Well, I like your point. I mean, I I ran into your wife and Star um, a couple of days ago, and I was with Nikki, who's obviously you know about to pop. Yeah. And Nikki and Jen were chatting about pregnancy, and I'm doing the typical dude thing, like zoning it out. I don't need to listen. Like I had a wife. I've heard this story a thousand times. You know, I don't need to hear the battle wounds. So they're chatting. So I'm watching Star because I love babies, and I'm just watching her, right? And she's sitting there playing with her little toy. And it occurred to me as I was watching her, like, how much joy babies can have just being in their own little zone. They don't, they don't have any worries in the world. They're not worried about me. They weren't worried about what's going on. Like she just had her little, it was like a little stuffed animal, you know? Yeah. And she's just playing with it and just in pure joy, you know? And, and I thought in that moment... Man, like, how do you get back to that place as an adult? Like, yeah. how can we find moments? Because, you know, you can't do it all the time. But how can you find moments of just pure joy and bliss in simple acts? Yeah. You know, it was, it was really kind of an interesting moment for me. I also, to your point about not having to cry, like, I have moments here at this event where I don't eat all day where I want to cry mm. like a baby. So I get that, too. Yeah. You know? It was yesterday. I didn't Beats eat yeah. yeah, it's it's rough. These events, yeah, are hard, hard on you because um, you're, yeah, you're skipping your meals, you're talking yeah. all day, and, and um, yeah, it takes a lot. But I wanted to say this to you, and great, great resource for listeners as well. Um, one of my favorite books, uh, It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wolin. I could be saying his last name wrong, but that's enough information to be able to locate it, uh, to Google it. My wife says Google it on Amazon. <laughs> I heard that. Somebody said that on the podcast. Google it yesterday. on Amazon. Google um, it on Amazon. And, uh, but it, it talks in that book about going back to the figuring out when did you stop singing when did you stop dancing when did you stop playing and and using that as as a way to figure out maybe what what sort of incident yeah. people call them traumas right that's kind of the the buzzy word right now with it just but whatever you know whatever you whatever happened that forced you to feel the need to to protect yourself and 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 stop expressing through through those uh, through singing, dancing, and, and playing. And um, but uh, yeah, you know, I just found that unique that you brought that up. But really, really great read if uh, if you like reading some books and doing some homework on yourself. Uh, so before we wrap up, you have a new podcast. Yeah, what's your podcast called? Uh, kept it simple, <laughs> easy to find. The Sam Dancer Podcast. That's very original. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's good. So I, yeah, I it's didn't. actually very smart for the record because people try to get too clever on these yeah. podcast names. And that's they're so what hard I did, to come up with. Yeah. dude. I spent, dude. I had that's so good. many crazy names. I'm like, ooh, that's really good. Ooh, that's really. I'm like, why don't I just use my name? It's perfect. Like, I love it. So that's it's been it's been going really well. Very enriching. Um, I was talking to you earlier about it. Just if if I even just did that for myself and let nobody else listen to it. 
I would be I would be very happy that I decided to start doing it. Um, I've been very inspired. I've and, and had amazing guests on, and there's no it, there's really no shortage. It's 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 uh, I I really have had no difficult time finding amazing people to talk to, and uh, I feel like sometimes we get this attitude where we're like ah people. You know, people suck, boys suck, girls suck, right. there's no good, uh-uh-uh-uh. and uh, I'm just amazed at how many, how easy it has been for me to find such uh, such awesome people that are willing to uh, give me their time and, and share their, their wisdom and knowledge that they've gained through their experiences, and um, it's... It's already, like I said, enriched my life so much, and I'm, I'm. It's also really filled, filled my soul too. Just I, I was having a tough time putting content out on Instagram. I just didn't feel it. Didn't feel good about it. I was like, what am I doing with this? Like, what, wh- what am I doing? Like, how is this benefiting anyone or anything? You know, it's. And I just had a. But then, then I'll have like a beautiful interaction on on instagram like oh okay this is this is why I, I keep it around but this podcast has really helped me feel like i'm actually doing something just helpful like i have i have a grand audience i just i feel the desire to do something good with it and it like and i feel this like this helps me with not wrestling with right. not feeling like a dirt bag or not or feeling like I'm I'm doing it for the wrong reasons or something like that. So putting out this type of content has been really helpful for me, just like psychologically uh, with with the with the audience. It's dude, I, I'm just a kid from the Midwest, bro. Right, and I got you know two hundred thousand people. They got their eyes on me and are listening to what I'm saying and and like and it's taken me a while to figure out how to how to handle that and how to use it and leverage it for good. Well like there are two different platforms. I think the thing that you're describing in podcasting that I like about it and I think people that get into podcasts is that um, a couple of things to note. First of all, having a podcast is like having a kid. Any <laughs> asshole can have one. Uh, speaking of any asshole can have a kid, Nikki, Nikki's walking by. So, Nikki and her husband. Perfect timing. Um, so anybody can have one. But I think you're spot on the money that um, you can get a lot out of it. If you like talking to people and really want to listen to what's going on in their lives and and share that with others, it's super rewarding. Like yeah. we've, we've done... 150 something episodes at this point oh, wow. and I can't think of a single one that I look back on and go I wish we hadn't done that or it wasn't <laughs> good like right? I look back on all of them and go I, you know I learned something through all of them now you know granted you'll look back they're like anything else in your life you're like oh, that was better than that one and I you know I could have done this better you'll self critique a little but but you'll pick up something yeah. in all of them and it's I think as long as it's fun for you you're sharing your story telling you know doing yeah. you know learning what you want to learn I think people will follow along yeah. and listen. I and I love I, I love it because of the conversations and and, but we were speaking on this 
earlier the the part that I and it could be some sort of are you familiar with uh, screw tape letters oh, C.S. Yeah, yeah. Lewis oh, yeah I've read all C.S. Lewis wonderful uh, I, I just actually kind of learned about them yeah. so I'm um, and I'm taken back that it's taken me into my 30s to learn about C.S. Lewis but wonderful wonderful author and sometimes I I can't I have a tough time discerning whether or not you know the voices in my head are are ones that are trying to uh, lift me up or pull me down and and I get kind of nervous when I do podcast not when I'm on podcast but when I'm hosting a podcast like I still get into the conversations. I, oh, it takes me a second, but my interviewing skills I'm working on still, and I, I don't feel, I, I don't feel like a good interviewer. I don't feel like a good interviewer. So, well, don't don't consider yourself an interviewer. Yeah, you're just having conversation. Like yeah, I, like it obviously shows sometimes that I don't do any planning, but I think you know, authenticness matters to listeners to followers like they want to you know and, and to your point you got 200,000 people with all eyes on you they follow you because they like the authentic you typically yeah. or most of them do right and I think podcasts are the same way if you're just authentic it works out yeah and I'm getting better I just like I when I listen to other people's podcasts I'm like oh my gosh and maybe you know, we talked about comparison yeah. earlier <laughs> not on the show but in person uh, and and maybe I'm letting too much of that creep in. But when I listen to other people's podcasts, I'm like, oh my gosh, he, they they do they they they, they hold the conversation transitions yeah. so well, and it it I I just and I'm I'm probably being a little hard on myself, but I I I'm I know I'm improving. I'm enjoying it, and uh, I'm I'm still still intrigued, and and I'm kind of paying attention to how. Other people are, are doing it so well so that I can... I just want to tighten it up a little yeah. bit. I want to be a little bit more professional for, for my audience. And, and, um, and I'm... Yeah. I'm you'll practicing. Be, you'll be fine. Don't worry about Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Well, that means listen, a lot. I appreciate you spending time with us. I think it's been a fun conversation. I know people are going to be super... We had you on right before you guys had Star, so I'm sure yeah. people are going to be super yeah. excited to kind of hear the follow-up to where you are now and... You know, I think we're going to have to make this a regular occurrence yeah, as you continue to, to continue to learn stuff. And, you know, I know I can speak for Nikki, who now wandered off after she kind of popped her head in here. Uh, she probably heard me call her an asshole. <laughs> but uh, but I would say, you know, if there's anything we can do to help your foundation, yeah. anything we can do to, you know, further support your cause, don't hesitate to ask. Dude, just, we're, we're, just this alone right yeah. here is, is, uh, is very helpful. So just thanks for... Thanks for allowing me the time to speak with you and have me on the show, and I look forward to hopefully a uh, hundred more with you. All right. Well, we'll we'll take that. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. We appreciate everybody joining us today, and we will chat with you guys soon.